0: Two fantastic preachers just spoke to you, and uh, I want to thank everyone who uh, prayed for me. Uh, Possibly uh, the reason I'm here is because you prayed for me, and uh, I'm grateful. My wife is grateful. Praise the Lord. My kids are grateful, and so I do uh, encourage you to just continue to pray for me, uh, that I'll recover my strength If you have your Bible this morning, Jeremiah 17, uh, a lot of people learn perhaps from their own mistakes. But wisdom is when you learn from someone else's mistake. I want you to think with me for a moment about Bobby Knight, he's a living contradiction. He's known for his trophies and his tantrums. He won three NCAA National Championships. Four times he was National Coach of the Year. Coached in Indiana, Indiana University, in 1984 he coached and won the Olympic gold. This was the last time the United States Olympics was totally college players. He went in the basketball Hall of Fame 1991. He was the last college NCAA Championship coach who never lost a game the whole season. 1984, he predicted Michael Jordan. He says he will be the best basketball player ever, bar none. He has the talent, he said. He has the work ethic, his competitiveness, and he's such a good kid. But here's a man who is a living contradiction. Someone said his good qualities were so good, but his bad qualities were so bad. And the problem, the bad side, is all people remember until you're dead. I want to minister this morning and challenge you about a living contradiction. Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10, very familiar. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test your mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doing or his life. Father, we come by the blood. I thank you, God. The message is last night and this morning. We come by your word, your spirit. I pray, God, you raise up men. Break curses. God, give them wisdom and understanding about life and ministry and destiny. God, I thank you all you're doing in our fellowship. God, reach in and snatch the heart of these men for kingdom purpose. I come against the curse. Try to destroy the men of this generation. Touch them this morning, I pray. God, elevate them into your dimension of spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name. My question to you this morning, are you a living contradiction? Because a lot of people are. A lot of church people are. That means you're one thing at church and you're another thing at home or in private. At church, you know what's expected, you're even nice, you know how to smile, you know how to worship, you know the church language. And then you go home and you're a tyrant. You're going off on the people who love you the most called your family. I've seen it. The advice you give to others with such emphasis, you don't take it when it comes to you. You need to tithe. God will bless you. But you get in a tight financial spot, and now there's excuses. Oh, you need to stay away from her. She may be cute, but she's crazy. She's not your wife, she's nothing but trouble. Don't be texting her. Don't be out alone with her. What are you thinking? But then it comes to you. And you throw all of that good, godly advice out the window. Listen to me. You need to pray. You need to be in prayer. I know you're going through hard times. I know, I know there's a lot on your plate right now But if you'll just pray Get a hold of God God will come through for you But now it's your chapter Things are coming at you that you never expected Taking hits from every side You can even be pastoring and in the ministry Now you need to pray Pray but you don't feel like it. The advice that you so adamantly give to other people till it comes to you. Advice about your marriage, or now you lost a job, or now there's financial problems, there's spiritual difficulty, there's conflict, Are you a living contradiction? Think about Bobby Knight. Perhaps we can learn a lesson. He changed the game of basketball. He was a genius as a coach. He did a basketball clinic in San Antonio and some 2,000 coaches showed up. He's the one that invented the motion offense ball movement. Off-ball screens, back-door screens, all of that they attribute to him. He's the one that started man-to-man defense. Before that, it was all pretty much zoned. He said, you don't play against opponents, you play against the game of basketball. Play smart, play efficient. Less mistakes, learn the fundamentals, hustle, hustle, hustle. But he was known for demanding discipline. His teams were a picture of perfect discipline. They never beat themselves. Discipline, discipline, he demanded discipline and self control. This means to train or develop by instruction, to be under control. To not be all over the map. Not to be an emotional basket case. Discipleship has that thought. To rule in your own soul and in your own spirit. Galatians 5.22. Through the Spirit is, 23, one of them is self-control. He was a master at teaching discipline. Proverbs 25, 28, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a broken down city without walls. He had the knowledge, he understood the value of discipline, he understood what he was able to teach and won championships, but here's the great paradox. Paradox. Not only in Bobby Knight, but perhaps in you this morning. What he demanded from others, he totally excused in himself. He was a living demonstration of a man out of control. They called him the terrifying tyrant. He coached discipline, but he refused to live it. Is that you? Is that you, pastor, disciple, father, husband? He demanded discipline from others, but not of himself. He saw the value Discipline will cause you to excel, to be successful, to accomplish. 100% they say of his players graduated college. He demanded they be in class. Isaiah Thomas was one of them. Coach K, Coach Duke was another one. But what was so common that he demanded of others when it came to himself? 1985, in a game, he picked up a folding chair and threw it across the court, went under the basket, and injured people. You might put up the photograph, old black and white. So they chained the chairs together. (laughs) He broke a clipboard over a player's head and here's another one, you show the next picture. 1979, he assaulted a police officer when they were playing in Puerto Rico, had to escape the country. He got in a fight in a restaurant over a salad bar. They called him the raging bull. Another quote, his good qualities were so good, but his bad qualities were so bad. He would go into these cursing rages, grabbing fistfuls of jerseys, yelling and belittling. Do you take your own advice? Do you live it? Think about a man in the Bible. His name was Solomon. Gave this incredible wisdom about life. We read it today. Proverbs. And yet when it came... To his own decisions. He prayed for wisdom. 1 Kings 3.9 Therefore give to your servant an understanding heart that I may discern between good and evil. Verse 12 See I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. This man this incredible wisdom he exalted wisdom he glorified wisdom he spoke wisdom. The book of Proverbs is about wisdom. Some 54 times the word is used. It's the key word of the book. How to live a skillful life. How to live a godly life. When the Queen of Sheba heard of the wisdom of Solomon, she came to test him. And after testing him with hard questions, 2 Chronicles 9.3 When the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, verse 6, I came and saw with my own eyes, indeed half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me. You exceed the fame which I heard. Here is a man wowing the world with his wisdom. Yet when it came... to demonstrating it in his own life. He miserably failed. Is that you this morning? All the wisdom and the warnings about the wrong kind of woman, we've heard some of that. Proverbs 6, 24, to keep you from the evil woman, the flattering tongue of the seductress. 26, reduced to a crust of bread. I remember preaching a sermon in Prescott Conference a number of years ago. And I went and preached and did a men's D in Denver. The pastor's son told a story. I'd never heard this story. He said, Pastor, I remember I was a teenager when you preached that in the tent and you had this loaf of bread and you was throwing this Crust said, I was diving behind you. I didn't want to get hit with a crust of bread. But he said, I was in this relationship with a young lady and we were getting too familiar. He said, after that sermon, I went and told her it's over, finished. And he said, shortly after that, I met my wife. Now we have children. He said, I'm pastoring a fantastic church. had disciples there. He listened to a sermon, and it wasn't just words. He applied it to his life. What you've heard last night and today, is it just going to be another sermon? Or is it going to affect your life and your behavior and your conduct and your language and your time and your decisions? Solomon spoke these words, verse 27, take, can a man take fire to his bosom, talking about the harlot woman and not be burned, Proverbs 7, 10, there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot, crafty heart, she caught him and kissed him. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. He immediately went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till an arrow struck his liver, he did not know it would cost him his life. What wisdom! What strong language! I mean... Here, the, these decades, centuries later, we read this and say, "Wow!" But did he listen to his own advice? Do you? Do you demand dad from your sons what you excuse in yourself? Proverbs 724, these powerful words, listen, listen to me. He said, listen, listen. Her house was the way of hell. I mean, you read it and you want to. Can you he say, can you hear me, young men? Can you hear what I'm saying? How then did it happen all of this wisdom and advice recorded for eternity? But when it came to Solomon, 1 Kings 11, 1, King Solomon loved many foreign women, daughter of Pharaoh, women of Moabite, Amorites, Eden, Hittites, Sinaians. 11, 2, for the nations of whom the Lord has said, you shall not intermarry, for they will surely turn away your heart. He gave all this advice, and then you read 700 wives and 300 concubines, 1,000 women? I mean, verse 4 and his wives turned away his heart after other gods. Is that you, sir? It bears thinking about how a man could have so much wisdom about essential topics. One of the agonies of getting old is seeing men make these decisions. And I mean, you've seen it. They've seen it. Like an ox goes to the slaughter. Like an arrow piercing the liver. You're going to die. And you see the body bag spiritually. This book, 31 chapters, cover to cover with wisdom. But in the end, he ignored his own advice. It's one thing to give godly counsel or advice. It's another thing to live it, demonstrate it, and receive it. Bobby Knight, the year 2000, they fired him from coaching at Indiana. He grabbed another young kid, 20 years later, he's an old man, and bitter old man. He finally went back to Indiana for a speech. They were going to honor him. And he said these words. He said, coaching at Indiana was the most joyous, happiest days of my life. And because he would not discipline himself, cost him everything. Another place he said, it costs me my dream. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. I was in the hospital there in Sydney <clears throat> and uh, you know was, I didn't have a clue. I just collapsed. People are always say, well I'll pray at the last moment. You know when I know I'm dying I'm going to pray. Well I'm talking to Connie and next thing I know I'm on the floor uh, there by the uh, carousel. The baggage is coming off. I didn't have a clue. Some guy took the phone talking to Connie and He says, well, I'm his wife. What happened? I said, well, he's not breathing. (laughs) But there was a medical doctor standing right there and jumped on me. I had a cardiac arrest. It's different than a heart attack. Heart attack, your heart gets attacked, but it keeps beating. I had a cardiac, my heart stopped. And he gave me CPR Till the EMTs got there, stayed through the whole thing. But I'm in the hospital, and I come through. I think they got me on morphine. I was feeling awful good. (laughs) Can't remember feeling that good in a long time. But I remember praying. God, if you spared me for something, don't let me miss it. I remember laying there for a few, and I just said, God, if you spared me for something, don't let me miss it. I want to finish well. And so the question I ask is, how can this happen to Solomon? To you, to me. How can we be so adamant with others and their issues and so lenient when it comes to self? Seems so unreasonable. In our text, the heart is deceitful above all things. Deceitful. The center of your life, your heart, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The heart, the seat of your emotions, your intellect, your will, your heart. It's where your decisions are made that become your destiny. Proverbs 4 again. Here's Solomon. Twenty. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of your heart springs the issues of life. We play the national anthem. We put our hand over our heart. The text says, who can know it? Your heart is where truth lives or deceit. It's more than just this muscle that beats a hundred thousand times every 24 hours. When God looks at you this morning, sir, he looks at your heart. But also the demonic looks at your heart. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on your heart. Jesus said, you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. But my point is, our heart has this incredible ability to deceive us, defraud us, mislead us, cause us to, as was preached last night, the wrong reference points today to miss this glorious thing called our fellowship the possibilities and the relationships he's not talking here necessarily about deceiving others he's talking about deceiving you and that's the issue. Your heart can blind you. Deceit can blind you. Ephesians 4.18, having their understanding darkened, alienated from the life of God because of the blindness. A generation, as we've heard, that's controlled and saturated and motivated by emotions and social media. Is your heart lying to you this morning? Is your heart blinding you by deception? That's not my problem, that's just the way I am. We play these games. Hey, I'm gifted. No big deal. Can anyone correct you? Can your pastor speak wisdom? Can he correct or rebuke you? Can he speak to you like a coach? Bobby Knight said, 2000 when I was fired. The best years of my life ended. Can you learn from that? Proverbs 29.1, he who is often rebuked hardens his heart will suddenly be destroyed without wisdom. So what's the answer? What's the answer? The altar and prayer are powerful. The genius of conference where we have altar calls. Altar call last night. I'll be giving an altar call. Bible conferences. Altar calls in the morning. Altar calls at night. Church services. Because the altar is a place where you open your heart. God, show me. God, speak to me. God, show me if there's any wicked thing residing in me. God, put the Holy Ghost spotlight on those deep, sometimes generational, Attitudes, those seeds of lust and jealousy that we've heard and envy and strife that we've allowed to take up residence, seeds of rebellion. Spoke of, heard speak in passing of the rebellion. Those that I was. Here, 1990 and later, that didn't just happen in a moment. I began with a heart and a seed of deceit and jealousy and envy, strife and discord, bitterness was not dealt with. What's living in your heart today that you've excused, but will be your destruction tomorrow if Jesus tarries? Jesus, watch and pray. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, that famous prayer, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Discipleship is designed partially that you can see yourself. I ask you again this morning in closing. What are you excusing today that can destroy you tomorrow? A girlfriend? An improper relationship that's budding? A place you go physically, mentally, emotionally? An attitude? a seed. that One day, if you're not careful, it'll destroy your family, your marriage, your ministry, your calling, your dream, your soul. But it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. That's why these men's rallies are so powerful. It doesn't have to. every man here god wants to have personal relationship your pastor is there for you if you'll simply open your heart to god be honest holy spirit headship sermons prayed that prayer God if you spared me for something please God don't let me miss it I ask you to bow your head with me this morning before